This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. In this edition of the show, I told Jacob and Harvey, no guests. I just want to talk to you. I just, just you and I at 1-800-919-3776. Also, I have a poll question up on Twitter. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of, a lot of baseball writers talking about the availability during the trade deadline, which is coming up quickly, of Juan Soto, who everybody wants, right? There's not a fan of any team in this league, including the Washington Nationals, who don't want to see him go. <laughs> but there's no fan of any team in Major League Baseball that does not want Juan Soto, okay? And he's been rumored to go to the Yankees, and he's been... Not you're not hearing a lot of rumors to go to the Mets, and I understand that. And the reason I think it would happen is because, listen, if I'm Washington, the Mets have to have the most unbelievable package for me to send him to somebody in my own division where I've got to see him 19 times a year for the next 15 years. <laughs> I'm not doing that. If I'm Washington. The Mets are the last place that I would send him. The next to last place would be Atlanta. Okay, I don't want to see him in my division. I want him either on the West Coast or in the American League. But nevertheless, I, there's, there's fan bases that love the opportunity to have him. Recently, over the past couple of weeks, the name Shohei Otani has drifted out that they might be able, they might be interested to move him for the right package. And obviously, Shohei Otani, who is a phenomenal talent, right? He's a guy who's multitasking. He's a guy who pitches, had 11 strikeouts the other night and still lost. He's a guy who is a very good hitter. He, hits, he can hit for power, can hit for average. He's a guy that's an extremely talented guy. He is a player that people are going back into the annals of baseball to talk about Beirut because of the fact that Beirut was, as far as we can tell, the first and last pitcher to be able to be so dominant as a pitcher and a hitter. It just so happens that he was just so dominant as a hitter with his home run power. They said, forget the pitching you're playing in the, you're in the lineup every day. So now that, He's become available. It, it maybe it changes things, right? Because how do you how do you assess the value of a player? Do you assess the value of Ortani as the fact that he is able to obviously pitch great and be a dominant player in the field and at the bat on days that he's not pitching? Or do you look at him and say, you know what? I know what Juan Soto is. I respect what Otani is and what Otani does. But eventually, somewhere down the line, he's going to have to give up one. All right? He's going to have to give up one of those. And which one will he give up? But at that, but until that decision, he's a dual threat. He's almost like you have two players for the price of one. So our poll question at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7, surrounds, 98 underscore 7 FM, surrounds these two ideas. And just want to try to figure out what you think of 
the fact that both of them are available. And I and I we put the poll question this way because I want to hear from Met and Yankee fans. But I don't want to just lock you in for your particular team. So what I asked was if both players are available, as a New York baseball fan, who would you rather trade for? Would you rather have Shohei Otani or would you rather have Juan Soto? At Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7, you can weigh in. We'll check in on the voting periodically to get your thoughts. And you can also call me. You don't have to wait for a Twitter. You can call me at 1-800-919-3776, and we'll get your votes right away. Listen, over the weekend, and, and I was very curious to see how both baseball teams would react, right? Because the Mets and Yankees come off a subway series, a two-game subway series, and there was emotion, there was fire, there was tension. The fans were going back and forth with the cheers. Let's go Mets, let's go Yankees, let's go Mets, let's go Yankees. And you could feel it, it had a playoff atmosphere, right? And the Mets swept the Subway Series. So now the question is, coming out of the Subway Series, where you have that tension, that playoff atmosphere, both teams ended up playing teams who are going nowhere. They're not going anywhere. All right. Miami has been a little better than Kansas City, but Kansas City is not going anywhere. We know that. We understand that. You know, that that's the curse of them beating the Mets in 2015. <laughs> You've been paying for that. <laughs> so they've been struggling. And of course, the Yankees were struggling going into that series and, and losing both games to the Mets. So I wanted to see how they would adjust. I wanted to see how they would respond because sometimes I've noticed through my years of covering sports, there is a layover, right? There's a just a, a letdown because of what the great series was. It's not been a let. Well, I will say this. It was a little bit of a letdown for the Yankees on Friday, even though they were able to shut out the Royals courtesy of Aaron Judge. But the past two days, yesterday, there was no letdown from the Yankees at all. Over the past couple, no, no letdown, no letdown. As a matter of fact, the Yankees, I'm sorry, the Yankees won nothing on Thursday. Friday, they blow them out. Yesterday, the old timers day, they, they stomp them, and the Mets continue to play well. So that says a lot for me, for both local teams. It does. And more so for the Yankees, because the Yankees, look, I remember Joe Torre always saying, Subway Series is great for the fans, but <laughs> for, it's a nightmare for the Yankees because you're not supposed to lose to the Mets, right? That was the thought. You're not supposed to look up. It's the Mets. And although the Mets are much better than they've been in previous years, they've found ways to beat the Yankees. So for the Yankees to come out and then tease you by needing an Aaron Judge walk-off home run against Kansas City at the stadium, they just bounce right back. And the story, as we talk Yankees and Mets, starting with the Yankees, the story has been, I mean, Aaron Judge. I mean, I don't see, and Gordon and I had this, Gordon Damer and I had this conversation uh, filling in for DiPietro and Rothenberg last week. And he's, as a Yankee fan, he just feels that Sohei Otani is going to get the MVP. I'm telling you, the, the Angels are probably 
the worst team in baseball with the most talent in baseball. I mean, you've got Trout. You've got Otani on that team. You've got Noah Syndergaard on that team. And they're 43 and 58. Okay, they're 22 and a half games out of first place. And what's scary is they started off well and went on an unbelievable losing streak. What, 10, 12 games, 13, 14 games? And they've never recovered. And so my theory is, while he believes that he wants Judge to win, clearly, but he believes that, you know, that Otani's going to get it because that's how baseball folks are. My thing is, how are you going to pass up Aaron Judge? Aaron Judge is not, it's not even close. I understand the respect that you have for Otani and what he's able to do. I understand the respect of, of how dominant he is as a pitcher and a hitter, the fact that he's able to be competent and elite at two major parts of a baseball position. He's elite to be able to do both. As an athlete, as a player, I get it. But to say that he's having to say that he's having a better season than Aaron Judge on a team that's 36 games over 500, it's not logical. The eyes tell you this is Aaron Judge's this is Aaron Judge's MVP to lose. He would have, to me, he would have to go into a prolonged slump to not get the MVP. And I'm still not sure he wouldn't get the MVP. <laughs> I mean, I'm still not sure he wouldn't get it. Okay, I just believe that and what he's been doing right now is incredible. He's got 671, he's been in 671 games. He's had 200 home runs. I mean, and this from a guy that when he started, you were like, is he going to be able to stay in baseball? I mean, he struck out all the time. <laughs> I mean, all the time. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's the second fastest to get there. It just tells you a lot. This guy is unbelievable, and he's having an unbelievable season. And he's been dominant. And other than Max Scherzer, the fact that people said that he was not going to, he was not clutch, well, he's been clutch all season long, with the exception of Max Scherzer. Clutch all season long. He's been dominant. 1 800 919 3776. Larry Harsley on a Sunday. We'll get to your calls. We'll get to the Twitter poll question. We'll also talk about the Mets, who very quietly have won five straight. But, but, Atlanta's still there? They won't go away. We'll discuss it next on 98.7 ESPN. I got to tell you, it is nice and I love filling in for DPH on Rothenberg. Gordon and I have a great time. Staff in the morning is great. They do great work. The company is great. All the folks up there are great. I can't tell you. I have a lot of respect for Rick and Dave on their for their on their work, but the ability to get up that early every day. Oh, oh man. I was so happy to get some sleep. You guys just don't know. You guys just don't know. I was walking around like a zombie for a couple of days. Zombie. <laughs> Let's get to you on the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Rob's and Merrick. Rob, start us off on the Larry Hardesty Show. Hey, Larry. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Rob. What's up, my friend? 
So 99% of the time, you know me, I'll talk to you about uh, our beloved Knicks, but it is Metsy time. Absolutely. Back to the Subway series, and, and here's why it's great to be a Mets fan and not a Yankees fan. First of all, I love that you have Alonzo batting cleanup. They have Judge batting second. You got three guys on the, in the lineup that will put the ball in play, giving him an RBI chance. I like that lineup better. But fast fo- uh, go, go to the bottom of the ninth inning, Escobar double. Was that a Tomas Nito sighting of a successful sacrifice bunt, you're not going to see that from the Yankees. You get a, a walk and then a bang. Starling Marte, love the guy, game-winning hit, game over. That's the way I like to watch baseball, and that sums up the Mets year. This is why we're, we're just going to be awesome, and hopefully we'll get to that real Subway Series in November. I hear you, Rob. Thanks for the phone call, but, but let's be fair. This, they're two different lineups because of the different talent. And when you look at the Met lineup right now, and Escobar has been great. He's been a little streaky for my, for my taste, but he's been great. The Met lineup is a little longer than the Yankee lineup right now. Okay. Uh, the catching, you know, is, is about the same average wise. I mean, offensively, it's about the same, but the length of the, the, the order is much different. And I think that's where the Yankees are trying to get some some help. And just by adding uh, Andrew Benintende, they, they lengthened it a little bit. Like, he was six, so that moves everybody down one. I mean, he came in batting leadoff on the first night, but then moved further down. And listen, uh, the theory of sabermetricians is that you want your best hitter to bat further up in the lineup so you, he can get as many at-bats as possible. And Buck Showalter is a guy who, you know, kind of likes to do it the old school way on occasion. He doesn't mean he won't flip and move Alonzo up and down the order. But, you know, he's a guy, and this is one of the things that I love about him. He's a guy that's able to marry the two thought processes, right? He marries the fact that, yeah, I love the numbers, but as a veteran manager who's been in the game forever, I can see where, where it behooves and helps my lineup and what's going on with my guys so I can use the numbers and this and marry them together. And I think that's been the biggest success of this Met team. I mean, think about it. Jacob DeGrom is not going to make his major league debut until this Tuesday. You've gone into August without arguably the best pitcher in baseball, back-to-back Cy Young Award winner. And you are playing very well, <laughs> okay? You've been pretty good, all right? Let's face it, you've been excellent. You are 26 games over 500 without having your ace, the original ace. I mean, Max Scherzer has become the ace. I'm talking about the original ace of the team. So I just think that while you acknowledge it, and yes, the Mets have had a great season, uh, their, their lineup is a little bit longer offensively than what the Yankee lineup is right now. Spikes in New Jersey, St. Petersburg. Uh, he's around the world. He's next on 987 ESPN. Hi, Spike. Yeah, I'm still in St. Petersburg. You know, I'm listening to you and reminiscing uh, uh, my timeline, you know, being my age. 
And we're seeing something very, very special. Uh, this week when you were on the morning, I asked both you and Gordon separately, uh, what's the last time the Mets and the Yankees were in this position? And the, you, you, your answer was, the, the correct answer has been a while. <laughs> and they were not in this position uh, the year in, in that uh, year in 2000. They, the Mets didn't get into first place until such time. But I'm thinking what I saw. Of course, the two Nick championship games, you know, being there was the highlight for me. Uh, uh, Mantle's triple crown, Yaz's triple crown, uh, Gidry's year, uh, you know, and then then DeGrom watching him, you know, just getting no run support. And then I'm watching this young fellow who's 30 years old and plays with a likability and a congeniality and he's affable and the alacrity, all the adjectives you can think of. He's a delight to play with, and he has to go through, I think the survey came out, Larry, that he gets the worst of the umpiring in the major leagues. Yeah. They did something. Right? Okay. Yeah. And, and, and we talked the other day, and you, you just kind of jumped out of your seat, uh, you know, uh, figuratively, when I said, a hell of a center fielder. And then he That's makes right. a catch in right field. He, he, he starts <laughs> the game off and steals a home run. Mm-hmm. What can't this guy do? I mean, this is special, everybody. This is special. Now, if they stop pitching to him, and you made a great point about uh, about Scherzer. Look, Scherzer is, is – you don't like Scherzer, you don't like baseball. I mean, he, he's roots. He's on the top step. Of the you give me the ball. He's just that cross between Seaver and Verlander and mm. that dog. He's the, but, but I'll tell you, I can't even come up with anything else about Aaron Judge. So they made a bad gamble, and whatever it cost them, there'll be 5,000 people standing room only if it gets close. You know that. But I, I just can't even fathom that what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's got the Midas touch, which is an old expression, but he has no flaws in his game, Larry. He doesn't, Spike, and thanks for the phone call and your observations. And, and the crazy thing about it is – the one thing that you really, really caused you to have pause about him, right? The real, the biggest thing that people were talking about leading into this season, because we're not just talking contract. Contract was not just an issue. People have been talking contract about Aaron Judge the past couple seasons. And the big thing has been, but can he remain healthy? Can he stay healthy? Can you, are you going to give him a lot of money and he's not been available? Well, over the past year and a half, he's been available. It's been available. And he's been prolific in his production. And there's nothing you can argue about it. Uh, like I said, aside from Scherzer, all right, he's been clutch for 95% of the games that the Yankees have been involved in this year. 95% of the games. And understand this. Pitchers know. And they're still, they're still pitching to him. <laughs> I mean, Gordon said, I would pitch to Alonzo. I wouldn't pitch the judge. <laughs> why, am I, why am I giving this guy an opportunity to continue to beat me? Why would I do that? We'll pitch him carefully. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe. But but for me, listen, I'd walk him and take my chances with somebody else in that Yankee lineup. I don't know. 42 home runs? I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't need to see a ball going over the fence. I'm good. I believe listen, I believe you can hit. <laughs> you don't have to fool me. I believe it. And as Spike mentioned, defensively. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Still a base for you? I mean, there's not much this guy can't do. All I'm saying is, just keep adding the zeros. (laughs) 
Just keep adding the zeros. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardest the ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll take a peek at our poll question for you and get some of your responses. And the Yankee fans are a little upset this, this, this afternoon because there was a player that they kind of wanted that's gone to Seattle. We'll explain that next. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Here's our poll question this afternoon. If both players are available via trade as a New York baseball fan, that's Mets or Yankees, as a New York baseball fan, which player would you want? Would you want Shohei Otani or would you want Juan Soto? Okay. Let me give you a couple of answers that you have weighed in on um, Twitter, and then we'll give you the numbers that we have so far. Okay. Uh, Let's see, because this one is a... This one is a agreement. So let me go to another one here on Twitter. Okay. Uh, J underscore Nucero. Hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Says, I prefer the certainty of Soto. Pitching is so fragile. That being said, as a Met fan, I'll take Ortani in a minute. I understand that. Uh, at Big Billy Maza. Soto because he's younger, but I'd be okay either way. Uh, Rob MC 77. I agree. I'm a Yankees fan and I'd prefer Soto. I just envision Otani spending a lot of time on the injury list as his career goes on. Pitchers on base also, uh, pitchers on base always make me nervous. You can weigh in as well. At hardest, the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, or you can call us and tell us how you feel at 1 800 919 3776. So far, the poll is dead even. Half of you want Otani. Half of you want Soto, okay? Isn't that amazing? Half of you want Otani, and half of you want Soto. Tim and the Big Apple, who do you want? Hey, what do you say, Larry? I'm doing good, man. Hey, man. Happy Sunday. Hey, uh, Same to you. So, first quick thing, Judge MVP, if not, it's a uh, Brinks robbery. I'm just uh, saying. How, how, this, how anybody could go the other way um, is just, you know, un- unthinkable. Secondly, um, you know, I, I lean Soto as a Yankee fan, but I worry about giving up the farm system for somebody who's batting 245. Um, you know, is there, some, is there some talent within the system that we could get, you know, production out of without giving up seven major, you know, pieces? Uh, that, that's my thought. And the third and final thing is it's funny listening to the Mets fans that make the World Series out of a two-game midsummer small series. Um, but, you know, I think there's a big difference there. The little brother syndrome is a little funny to listen to. Um, let's see what happens in October. But Chick Cashman better step up, get us another major arm in the starting starting pitching. Uh, top of the, top of the uh, starting pitching really can't go into October piecing it together with Montgomery or some of these guys uh, if we're going to have a fighting chance. Let me know your thoughts. Have a good, have a good day. All right, Tim. Thanks for checking in, my friend. Uh, let's see. We, let's try to take him in reverse order. I think Cashman will do something. He's got to go to plan B now because of the trade that uh, Cincinnati made with the Mariners, which um, kind of surprised me. Uh, you know, a couple of major leaguers, a couple of minor leaguers uh, in exchange for Luis Castillo. So um, now he is a Seattle Mariner. And when you consider – what the Mariners have been able to do, right? Uh, they are a surprise. And they <laughs> their only issue is they can't do anything with the Houston Astros. 
Okay. But otherwise, they are 11 games behind Houston at 55 and 47. But, you know, they've, they've, they've done a nice job. They're in the wild card spot. And when's the last time you could say that for Seattle? And obviously, okay, this acquisition puts them, gives them another shot, a better shot to actually try to push into that wild card. So, you know, give them some credit there. Uh, look, Mets and Yankees, there's always going to be fans on both sides that put more into the Subway Series. Me, as a Mets fan, my biggest, the Subway Series is nice. Of course, there's bragging rights. Okay, we beat the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees, best team in baseball record-wise. Well, going back and forth with Houston. But for most of the year, they've been the best team record-wise. So, you know, hey, listen, we won. Nice. Personally, me, my eyes are not, I don't care. I'm not concerned about the Yankees. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Atlanta. <laughs> because for me, having had a double-digit lead over Atlanta earlier in the season, I can't, I, I, to me, it would be almost criminal for the Mets to, to end up being out of first place and going into the postseason on a wild card. When you've worked as hard as this team has worked, and when you have accomplished as much as this team has accomplished to have the record they've had, you got to finish the job. And finishing the job means home field advantage in the postseason. That, that's how I look at it. Okay? That's for me. I don't think so. Clearly, Soto is not 245 hitting talent. And I know you could have different ideas on how much you weigh uh, the, the ability of what the average means in baseball today. Is it more average? Is it on-base percentage? Is it slugging percentage? What is it? Uh, there's a number of discussions you can have, okay? And a lot of people don't look at average, all right? But we know the talent from Juan Soto. Juan Soto was not a 245 hitter, A. B, Juan Soto, if he comes to the Yankees or the Mets, and depending on whatever team he may end up with, which most of our colleagues – at ESPN, like Jeff Passan and company seem to think it's going to be San Diego. Even there, he's going to have more protection in the lineup than he's got in Washington. All right? So he won't be hitting 245 wherever he goes. The talent will tell you that he he's a guy, he's much better than 245, and that's not what he's going to hit. All right? Believe me, he's not. Wes is in Tampa. What's up, Wes? You're next on 98.7. Larry, I love your show. Thanks, Wes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make it quick. I'm 65 years old, okay. um, so I go back. I used to be um, a videotape coordinator on West 67th Street in Columbus for WABC-TV. Wow, okay. Uh, and I remember when Spencer Christian was doing sports and guy. Mickey Mantle was the, ho you know, was the guest, and he said uh, he knew I loved the Yankees, and he said, Wes, I'm going to let you escort Mickey out of the building. I'm going to tell you something, man. It brought tears to my eyes. Mm. Me and Mick went down the elevator, and I had to get the 11 o'clock news on because he, he was going across the street to McGlade's to have a drink, uh -huh. and he invited me. And I look back, and I say, man, I wish I had went with Mickey just to yeah. talk to him, you know. But I had to do my job, and I'll never forget. He said, Wes, can you get me out of here without the fans? you know, dogging me. And I said, yeah, I'll take you out of the crew room in the basement. And it brought tears to my eyes as he walked across the street. I say this because not everyone can play in the Big Apple. Mm. You had Clyde Frazier. You had Earl the Pearl. You had Broadway Joe. Not many more can excel 
like an Aaron Judge or Derek Jeter. Make that man a captain like Derek. He is humble. Even though he's 30, he's still like he's a kid to all of us. He doesn't get in trouble in the streets. You never hear about him drinking, having a hangover. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to play the race card, but I have to. Even though the Yankees are my but God, I love them. They were the last, one of the last teams to put a black man on their squad. I have to put this question in the air, Larry. If Aaron Judge was another color, would we be having the same conversation? Not everyone can excel like an Aaron Judge. Pay the man. And and another thing before I go, mm-hmm. Aaron Judge has feelings. How do you think this kid feels? You heard him uh, when the young lady interviewed him at the All Star game, mm-hmm. Marley and Rivera. he he told that little kid Timmy, Timmy, don't worry, the Yankees are still a good team. And he, you know what he didn't say? He didn't mm-hmm. say, Timmy, follow me wherever I go. Don't root for the Yankees. Right. Man, Hal, Brian, if you're listening, pay the man. Pay the man. He's got feelings. He'll take us to the World Series, man. The rest, he, he's a leader. You I, Have you ever seen the Yankees dugout so excited? No, there's no question, man. Wes. No question. Thanks for the phone call, my friend, and, and your thoughts. I will say this. As far as the race card is concerned, I obviously what you said is true, but that that is so many different ownerships ago. And the one thing that this Steinbrenner ownership has been is they don't care what the color is. If you can play and they believe you can help this team and put people in the seats, they they go get you. So I think more of it in this case is that Hal, unlike his dad, is more of a business guy. And so he's looking at, okay, if I spend this, how am I going to do that? And with the Yankee fans that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking with, the one who I work with, and Gordon Damer on ESPN New York tonight, uh, they're losing. This is not what the Yankees have been over the years, right? Aaron Judge should get paid. I believe Aaron Judge will get paid. I believe the Yankees will pay Aaron Judge ultimately. I believe that this is the best for both of them, that the Yankees uh, have seen that he is durable. I believe that was one of the issues that they had as far as whether they were going to sign him or not. They've seen that he's durable. They've seen that he can play healthy. They've seen that he's versatile. They've seen that he's, which in case they didn't know, he's a fabulous athlete by being able to play center field. He's a guy who has hit in the clutch. All the questions that you may have had about Aaron Judge offensively and his ability to play and stay healthy have been answered this season. I believe the Yankees will pay Aaron Judge. If they don't come to an agreement, It's not going to be money. It's going to be years. The question for the Yankees is going to be, how long do we think Aaron Judge can play at a competitive level going into his first free agency at the age of 30? 
That's going to be the question. You're not giving them a 15-year contract like you would get give Soto. All right? Are you giving them a 10-year contract? Is he going to be this productive at 39 or 40? That's the question that the Yankees have to answer. They know the durability. They've seen that this year. And now going forward, is what's the durability going to be? 37, 38, 39. That's the question they have to answer. So that's where I think you might have a little wiggle room. But clearly, the Yankees can see what Aaron Judge means to this team. And I believe they will give him the money. The years, I'm not so sure about. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. If both players are available via trade, this is our Twitter poll question, as a New York baseball fan, which player would you want? Would it be Otani or would it be Soto? Would it be Otani or would it be Soto? At Kane 52 says, <laughs> Mets, Soto, Yankees, Ortani. That's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't expect, I didn't expect uh, a split vote. That's, that's good. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. Let's go back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let's go to Stephen in Michigan. Hey, Stephen, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hi, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing great, Stephen. What's up, my friend? Just wanted to say you did a great job on DPH on Rothenberg this week. Really had a good time listening Appreciate to you guys. You. Thank you. All right. So if you were to ask Yankee fans and you, you were to ask the Yankee players, what's the goal of the season? They would all tell you it's to win the championship. If you were to ask Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman that question, truthfully, that's not the goal anymore. The goal is just to field the competitive team every single year that makes the postseason. Just think about this. This Yankees team peaked in 2017 when they got to within one game of the World Series. Ever since then, they've been going backwards. When do they just say enough is enough, we need to go all in and just make whatever trade it takes to get this team to be the best that it can be? That's a great question, Stephen, uh, and I don't know the answer there. Um, thanks for the phone call and the kind words. I will say this. You can have sustainable success there's a place for that too. And, and that's a question for another time as to what, what do fans want? Do fans want sustainable success or do fans want whatever the sport or do fans want a championship? Because I think you can have both. All right. What the Yankees have done. And I'm telling you this as a Met fan, what the Yankees have done is every season you're in the running to get to the postseason, which means you have an opportunity to win the championship. That has not always been the case for the Mets. <laughs> has not. Why do you think Mets fans love Steve Cohen so much? Because they feel that he's a guy that's going to come in here and do what it takes to win a championship. Okay? And along with that, have sustainable success. Hal Steinbrenner, as I said, appears to me from his, from his actions of being a gentleman who who wants – I'm not saying he doesn't want to win. He wants to win. It, you don't have an inexpensive payroll, <laughs> okay? Your payroll is pretty high. The guys that you have are not producing at the level that they should. And so for him, who – he watches the Yankees get beat by a Tampa Bay Rays team that is 
overachieving because they don't spend a quarter of what the Yankees spend. And he's like, well, how come, why am I spending all this money and getting very little results? The Yankees under his dad would have gotten Juan Soto probably already. The Yankees, because he would have said, trade whoever you have to trade to get him. The Yankees would have signed Aaron Judge probably already. The Yankees, under the new rules of sharing and all this stuff and tax penalties and all these other options, are trying to be more fiscally responsible while trying to put a representative team on the field. Having said that, Stephen, you are 36 games over 500 this year. And I get it. At the beginning of the year, you didn't know that this team was going to be like this. You were wondering if this team, you were hoping this team would be able to get to a playoff round and do something different. Okay, so I understand that. You, you know, I understand. And clearly, looking at the whole picture, it's clearly changed. All right, 36 games over 500, you have to win the World Series. And add to that, it's the Yankees whose mission statement is to win the World Series every year. And as Cashman said on the K show, not championship, championships. So I hear what you're saying. The question is going to be, on this trade deadline of August 2nd, what will this team ultimately do? What will they do? Will they have a blockbuster trade that will say, oh yeah, this is the Yankees I know. Or will it be, all right, here we go. Small-time Yankees just trying to make do for this year, trying to trying to do, trying not to get the best, but try to you know use the sum of its parts to be whole. It's an interesting point, Stephen. It really is because I, it's it's not the Yankees that we've seen in the past. There's no question about it. This is a this is a little different scenario. Uh, let's go to Arthur in Long Island. What's up, Arthur? Hey, Larry. Uh, there's an expression: Jack of all trades, master of none, but. Yeah, that doesn't apply to you. NBA, NFL, uh, MLB, you got it all. Thank so, you, you're welcome. Uh, on Judge, you uh, you misspoke. You said you're just keeping adding zeros. You're not keeping adding zeros. I think you're changing the first digit. <laughs> so I, in my head, I have four uh, eight for uh, three twenty. Okay. All right. So what was the offer before? It was two fifteen, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. thirty. So now. You give him eight for forty, and it's uh, eight for three twenty, so that's forty mil. And the other thing is, did Otani say no to the East Coast with the first go around? I believe he did. So, yes. Yeah. So I don't think uh, the Mets or the Yankees w- would be in play. I'll listen to your thoughts. Thank All you, right, Arthur. Thank you, and thanks for the kind words. I know he said no, but still, if you, it, it depends on what you can get. Listen, I'm trying to, if I'm the Angels, I'm trying to get something that puts me in a better spot than where I am. And now I've got the wording and and the situation, the diagnosis of what's going on with Trout, back back issue. And when you say back issue, I mean, for me, Don Mattingly, Larry Bird. Those are the first two people I think of and how the back really, the back issues change their careers. 
Uh, I know Otani indicated he didn't want to come to the East Coast, but I, you know, he doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> I don't think he's he doesn't have a he's not a ten and five guy that can say I can veto trades. I I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see though. It's going to be interesting. Flavio's in Hawthorne. Hey, Flavio, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. No problem, Flavio. Thanks for calling. You know what? I'm never on the radio at this hour on the weekends, and I'm glad I am because I love your show. I love your opinions and your thoughts. And and I agree with you 100%. As a Yankee fan, the way I look at it is the Yankees picked up Benintendi because there was a hole there, Joey Gallo. And they, they picked it, they picked him up to kind of fill in that hole. And I think they went for a Benintendi instead of a Soto because they are going to pay Judge. Judge is going to die a Yankee. You know, right now, he's on pace right now. And I get goosebumps saying this. He's on pace right now to, to have his own monument, to have a number retired and a monument in the park. He's going to stay as a Yankee. He's going to be cut. And I think that what they're going to say is, and I agree with you, the years, you know, he's like a Great Dane. Great Danes don't live that long. You know, he's going to have great years, but then as time goes on, you know, he's going to start to, you know, his health is going to start to wane. And I think as he gets older, you know, yeah, his health is definitely going to start to decline. But I think the Yankees are going to pay him, and they're going to offer him the, uh, the position of being captain. For the balance of his career, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna die a Yankee, and and I, I feel like, oftentimes when agents get involved, it becomes more about money. You know, an agent doesn't concern themselves with monuments and and legacies. That you know, it's all about money. So you know, when they're negotiating, they're negotiating money and the best deals. But I think Judge, being as mature as he is, and and he is just awesome to watch. He's awesome to listen to in interviews. And, you know, to watch him up and the way he is in the clubhouse, he's, to me, he's the epitome of a Yankee. He's a Derek Jeter. He's a Don Mattingly. He's a Thurman Munson. He's, you know, he's that that caliber and he's that class of a guy. And I wanted to get your thoughts. Where I think the hole is, honestly, is is in pitching. I wouldn't even forget Soto. Soto's done. I think all the Yankee fans need to just forget about Soto. Soto's gone. He's not going to be a Yankee. Yankees need to focus on pitching. That's where the hole is right now. I want to get your thoughts on that. I'm going to hang up and, and, and listen to your thoughts. Thank you, Larry. All right, Flavio, thank you, and thanks for the kind words. Listen, um, I agree with you about Judge. I think, once, as I said, I think it's going to be years. It's not going to be money. Uh, he, he's a class act. He's, he's carried himself well. Captaincy, I mean, he is as close to Derek Jeter as you can. I mean, the, the answer is he's close to Derek Jeter. There's, I mean, there's a lot of him. A lot of Jeter in him. You can see it. How he handles the media and everything. Uh, he does a great job. Um, I'm not sure that the Yankees are done with Soto. I think the Yankees are done with Soto, might be done with Soto via trade. But if Soto doesn't get moved, the Yankees could, re- could reopen that door at the end of the season and go back and still find a way to get him if they don't get him by the deadline. See, I don't think uh, that he's going to be moved by the deadline. That's just me. I think that you limit if you're Washington, you limit yourself to the amount of offers you can get. If you say, okay, I got to have an answer by August 2nd. Play the season out. That's what I would do. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.